Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer. And I'm Jake Sherman. And welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchbowl News. It's Tuesday, January 25th, 2022. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, we've got some news on the Biden administration's plans on Ukraine. Number two, Ruben Gallego is making moves. And number three, an interesting fundraising move by Beth Van Dyne. All right, let's get to the first story of the morning. We have some news on how the Biden administration is approaching the impending crisis and deteriorating situation in Ukraine with the Russian military buildup continuing on that embattled nation's eastern border. What's happening, Jake? Yeah, so the Biden administration is holding two classified briefings for all members, uh, for not all, for all members, for congressional leadership and committee staff this morning in uh, on Capitol Hill. So the uh, Speaker Nancy Pelosi and Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer have called for full chamber briefings for both the House and the Senate, and that will probably happen when Congress returns next week. Uh, who knows what the situation is going to look like next week, to be honest with you. But yet you should expect here that Congress is going to want to flex its muscle more than usual, um, given the disastrous withdrawal uh, from Afghanistan last year. Um, you know, Congress has a limited role here. And I mean, you know, Congress tries to exert itself in foreign policy disputes and, and overseas incursions and things like that. But you know what? The Congress has given away so much power over the years that it allows presidents, the, the Patriot Act and, uh, uh, you know, various other laws that Congress have passed have allowed presidents to to basically kind of conduct foreign policy on their own. I mean, Congress could do things around the edges, but but you know, it's it's not been um it's it's Congress doesn't have the say it used to say, let's say, uh on this. But you know, we're seeing now more and more proactive suggestions from members of Congress. One uh, several members of Congress have said that you the US should uh, eject Russia from the SWIFT banking system, which would uh, basically uh, uh, strip them of the ability to exist in the global um, financial market, which seems like uh, it, it would be a bridge too far for many U.S. allies who do business with Russia, which is much of Europe. Um, um, but anyway, the, a lot of action on Capitol Hill for uh, the administration. You, you should expect Tony Blinken and Wendy Sherman, Secretary of State and the Deputy Secretary of State, to make phone calls this week. They've made 20 so far. Uh, we have kind of a list here of... Um, uh, everything of, they've done and more. I mean, yeah, definitely. everything they've done on Capitol Hill when it comes to when it comes to Russia. But you know, Anna uh, uh, Brez, John Bresnan, our our co-founder and colleague, made the point this morning that Biden might just need to address the nation on this. I mean, people, we are a war weary country, and eighty five hundred troops are on standby to maybe go to uh, Eastern Europe and Baltic countries to protect our NATO our, our, our NATO allies in the case of a, a Russian incursion into um, into Ukraine. Yeah, I think what's interesting here, obviously a crisis that this administration is trying to handle. And I think in your, to your point with what happened Af with Afghanistan in a very different manner, right? I mean, I think you're trying to see... Biden has said he's going to be the steady hand, the leader that can, you know, be the sober leader for this country at this moment in time. And he has a lot of experience in foreign policy, trying to not uh, have another 
total debacle like it was when they were withdrawing off withdrawing from Afghanistan. I think even the fact that they're kind of trying to give insight and and share with us the Biden administration sharing with us several different kind of things about how they are keeping Congress in the loop in a way of of kind of preemptively saying like listen we're not just taking this action by yourself. Everybody's been briefed. We've talked to Republicans. We've talked to Democrats. Um, you know, kind of an interesting messaging strategy, if nothing else, to really kind of put it, put it on notice to say, you know, we are keeping people in the loop. It is not, we're not making decisions in a vacuum that Congress is going to all of a sudden be able to say, oh, we were surprised. We didn't know what was happening. Well, they, they might, they might make decisions in a vacuum, but that, that, but they're going to at least share it with the, with, with Capitol Hill. Right. I mean, but that, that's the, that's the point that I think we both have written about over the years is that Congress has, um, has kind of, ceded so much power to the administration to make these decisions and to to conduct foreign policy and to conduct military action without without um, true oversight. So, you know, I mean, but this is an incredibly serious situation. Um, uh, People have warned if Russia goes into I, I spoke to Chris Murphy upon his return from Senator Chris Murphy from Connecticut upon his return from from uh Ukraine a couple, I guess that was a week ago almost, or more than a week ago, and he he made the point that if Russia is able to go into Ukraine, um, what would stop Russia from going into other Eastern European countries? And then and then we're in just a we're in just a, a completely um, uh, different situation. And he, and everyone's making the point now, something that that Murphy said to us last week, that basically. Um, uh, this is the biggest reordering of the world order since World War II. And and Biden's made that point and, and various other people have made that point, too, in recent days. So um, expect this to dominate the next couple weeks on Capitol Hill and in Washington. And, and especially if we're seeing 8,500 or as many as 8,500 troops head to Baltic states and Eastern European allies. All right, let's move on to the number two story of the morning. Ruben Gallego, the Democrat from Arizona, seems awfully serious about launching a primary challenge to Senator Kirsten Sinema, the Democrat from Arizona, who we talk about on this podcast all the time. He has been in New York City talking with former cinema donors about a possible Senate run. That would be a pretty big deal, Jake. Let's get into Gallego, Anna, for a minute. He is somebody who you and I have covered for a long time. He's a Harvard grad who served uh, in the Marines in Iraq, uh, represents a Phoenix area district, and um, uh, a lot of people are talking about him for a primary challenge uh, to Kirsten Cinema. Um, he is a young face. He is a serious person. He has military background. He's a progressive but this is taking it a step farther by going up to New York, meeting with donors, uh, a step farther than we had um, known previously. Uh, and I think that's I think this is a this is as serious of a sign, Anna, as we've seen so far. Absolutely. I mean, he's a, he's a very ambitious man. Um, you know, he is often the person who goes on to the, the, you know, kind of cable news and rebukes Republicans very aggressively. He recently just wrote a, a book, a memoir about his time uh, in office. And, you know, what's also interesting, you know, just another kind of data point when you put these all together is he also went to the House floor to speak in favor of the voting rights package while Sinema was making her Senate speech declaring her support for the filibuster. 
Gallego has also said that the, he would get rid of the filibuster. So you kind of see him starting to position uh, pretty uh, pretty aggressively uh, what his counterpoint to her is going to be. Uh, one of the other things, just to, uh, very important to note around Arizona, Arizona primaries are semi-open, which means party members can vote as well as voters who are, quote unquote, registered as no party preference, independent or members of parties that are not represented on the ballot to vote in primary elections, which means cinema does well with independent or unaffiliated voters. She could still win a contested primary, even if she loses among registered Democrats by a manageable margin. But certainly this is not the kind of contest that Senator Chuck Schumer wants. He wants to be going against Republicans. It's, you know, having Dem on Dem battles is never something that party leadership is looking to uh, to to have go on. Although I would say um, primary challenges aren't great, but if you have a candidate um, in in Arizona in cinema I, that can't win, and I have no idea whether she can or can't win. I, I It's too early to make that determination. But if you're Gallego and you say, we had a basic fight, right? A fight that is basic to our values as Democrats on the Senate floor, voting rights, which if you believe Chuck Schumer and you believe the Democratic leadership, this is an overwhelming issue for them. And the person, one of the two people who stopped it is our senator in Arizona. And you you, you believe, and if you furthermore believe what, what Democrats say, that Arizona is a an increasingly progressive state, especially in the, in the, um, uh, uh, Democratic primary electorate. I, I mean, I would say he's got a he's got as good of a a argument as um, as anybody else. I mean, it, it's against cinema. That's a pretty that's a pretty good argument. Well, something we will certainly be watching in the coming days and weeks. Let's go to the number three story of the morning. Something really caught our eye here. Representative Beth Van Dyne, the Republican from Texas, her fundraiser sent out. Her PAC's 2022 donor program, Jake, we have been covering money and politics for a very long time. And I think at this point, too long, very, very few things make <laughs> me raise my eyebrows raise. But uh, her recent uh, fundraising announcement was was pretty explicit in a way that I don't know that I've ever seen before. Yeah. So Van Dyne sent out a um, a, a menu of options for her political action committee. Um, and for a $2,500 or $5,000 contribution, you get a one-on-one -on -one coffee with the congresswoman. Um, I've not seen such an explicit ask before. Um, we consulted some lawyers, some some uh, uh, campaign lawyers, and this is not – so the, this is basically – a member can't um, can't say that for $5,000 you could – um, get a policy discussion with my staff. You can't say that. Um, that's a problem because it's tied to an official action. But as long as she's doing it under the campaign's purview, it's not explicitly problematic. But like if these briefings become policy discussions or if a congressional staffer attends these discussions, that's a that could be problematic. I, I, again, you and I have been covering this for a long time. We run tons of campaign uh, campaign solicitations and campaign stuff. I've never seen anything like this specifically before. Usually people are a bit more coy about what 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 they're offering vis-a-vis -vis their um their donor program, let's say. 
we will be watching. Interesting one to to note. Uh, something that I've yeah again not a trend, but you know an outlier at this point, but certainly much more explicit than the typical fundraising ask. All right, and with that, I just want to remind you that we are hosting our first virtual editorial conversation of the year this morning at nine fifteen a.m. Eastern time with Senator Todd Young, the Republican from Indiana, about global competitiveness and the role of American businesses in the twenty first century economy. You can RSVP to that at our event hub, which is at punchbowl.news in the top header as part of our new and improved website, Jake. Very exciting stuff. Very exciting stuff. And with that, we really appreciate you listening. Please leave us a rating and review. It's the easiest and best way for folks to find out about the Daily Punch. You can also become a subscriber at punchbowl.news. Have a great day and stay safe.